Okay. Roman, should we do this podcast? Should we do this thing? <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. No. Yeah. Yes. Wait. No. Django's yeah. not here, That's and it. I stumbled on myself. Comics Place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast hosted by a couple of rowdy boys from the Comics Place in Bellingham, Washington. You'll notice I said a couple of rowdy boys. That is uh, grammatically accurate because there are just two of us this week. Uh, Our good friend Django is in New Orleans, lost to the Salton Sea. Um, We're we're soldiering on. It's going to be okay. It would have been easier if we hadn't also been abandoned by our amazing email correspondent, William Elmer, with an episode 340 email. But because we did not get one of those, he's probably off fraternizing with Django somewhere. What do you think? Oh, they're they're laying on a couch in the house of the rising sun, just all like, uh... oh, my God, in the house of the rising sun. Wow. Is that that area of the country? Is that what that's called? I think, well, no, it's from that, it's from the song. The song, right? yeah, isn't, that, yeah. isn't the song, yeah, because it has that lyric, something, something, New Orleans, yeah. Oh, gosh. That's the only connection I'm making, I don't know. <laughs> so listen, everybody, it's like trying to sit on a reliable three-legged stool, but one of the legs is gone, um, because, you know, we rely on Django to make references that Roman or I will get, and we rely on Django to get references that we know the other person's not going to, so look forward to a lot more uh, moments like that rising sun thing that we just had happen. Hey, I'm Jeff. I'm Roman. Roman, it's episode 340. How the hell is that possible? It's hard to imagine. It's hard to yeah, imagine. I, I don't know. So like we were saying, Will didn't get us our episode 340 email this week, which always has a question for every episode that we start the episode by answering. So we brought in my amazing wife to ask us a very special episode 340 question for the podcast. Sam, you want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> Hello, everybody. She didn't know this was happening. Uh, she just got it thrown on her as I was explaining it. So Sam, episode three hundred and forty. What do you want to? What do you want to have us answer for the folks? Oh dear. Um, <laughs> you really put me on the spot here. And the listeners can't tell, but she's making her pooping face. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to know what that cool image is on Sam's shirt. It's a possum howling into the moon. I guess. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, Jeffrey and Roman, you guys are great. Hi there. It's Sam, one of your devoted listeners. Um, The question that I have for you both today is um, if you had to choose between... No, no, my my my. You had a lot of good. You had a lot of good momentum right there. I really tried hard. Um, why is this so difficult? Sorry, podcast world. Um, (laughs) what is would? uh, (laughs) (laughs) What are your thoughts on Groundhog's Day? The movie or the holiday? Either. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, you will get to hear all about our thoughts on Groundhog's Day when you listen to the podcast this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. And could you? Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> excellent. Uh, consistent as always. Um, okay, so what are our thoughts on... It's amazing the, the time that she took to ask the question, and that's the question she chose. <laughs> like, I know, what it's, were... It's, it's wonderful what, how brains work. <laughs> what do you think the aborted com conversation questions were? Like... <laughs> I know, I'm really curious. Uh, Do you know answering. anybody with six toes? <laughs> um, God, you okay. know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about my friend's toes. Well, so, so Groundhog's Day. First, let's talk the holiday. Okay. I mean, I, it's pretty incredible that there is a holiday built around a groundhog whose name is Poxitani Phil, right? Like that's that, that is pretty, pretty good. And where the name Poxitani? I that, I'm assume that's from an indigenous word. I don't know. Yeah, or a regional place. I assume yeah, yeah. it translates to well dressed Phil. You know, like Poxitani. Well I assume Phil. means well dressed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean. I also think it's fantastic that we let the sort of ebbs and flows of the season be dictated by the whims of whatever, you know, marmot that is, <laughs> right? Like, it's cool that we're giving that amount of power to a, a groundhog. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even know how it really, how does it work? They, 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 they like have the cameras trained on like a groundhog hole and he yep. pops up and if he sees his shadow, then it's... Winter's longer or short? Well, yeah. So it's incredibly important to all the like the powerful governing forces of the world, essentially, to know the seasonal, uh, the, the forecast, you know. So there are cameras from military institutions from every country, you know, name it, every continent, every country. And they set up cameras uh, to monitor the groundhog, Pakistani Phil, well-dressed Philip, um, for... As long as it takes, yes. And then as soon as he pops up, that's what they know, right? Like, does he see his shadow? And does, you know, the world stay in a darker perpetual state for an additional two weeks? Because Well-Dressed Philip was feeling that way. Again, it's important for them to know. So, yeah, they video it. So why don't, so that leads, that begs the question. Yeah. Why don't we harness the power of the groundhogs to, like, stop climate change and reverse it? Okay, incredible question. I think we all know that the answer to that is that it is just Poxitani Phil. It's just well-dressed Philip that, it's just, just that has one. that ability. Yeah, I mean, because oh. it's not like we're not letting, you know, like it, if it were all groundhogs, everyone would just be watching groundhogs that day, not <laughs> just well-dressed Philip. Man, so that begs the question. Okay. What are the other, all the other groundhogs and the groundhog communities and the groundhog underworld and everything? What do they all think of Phil? Do, do they revere him do they hate him is he an outcast what? you got the whole spectrum right he's wow. essentially a dictator you know <laughs> he's a little he's a little penis potato if you know what i mean um <laughs> and then that, these groundhogs sig in him yeah so that begs the next question which is mm. what do you think of the movie groundhog's day that's a good movie that's a fun movie i haven't seen it in quite a while i haven't um, seen it maybe ever all the way through but will elmer oh. <laughs> who used to write for the show uh, used, to, used to be one of the head writers on the show. Yeah, um, yeah. is uh, yeah. He's moved on to bigger and better things, I guess. Yeah, he's a uh, Bill Murray fan, so I think he was a fan of that. Okay, cool. So Groundhog's Day as a holiday, yes. Although I think we're both a little easy, uneasy about the amount of power Well Dressed Philip has, and uh, the movie also good. Let's do what we came to do. Now, Roman, 
There was a book that came out this week that for whatever reason, I think that I had just assumed it was kind of like any time a writer is writing a big book and then like the Avengers and then they throw a mini series. It's like part of an event of that run or something out. I think I thought Avengers Twilight number one was just like maybe part of some main story because it feels like Chip Zdarsky is writing Avengers even though he's not. What's he? What yes. he's he was writing Daredevil. Now he's See, I thought else. it's I can't remember who was telling you earlier this week. I mean, wasn't did didn't Zdarsky have some kind of like big personal crisis that didn't he that's, drop off some books? That's Donny Cates. That was Donny Cates. Oh, sorry. Who so got I, in a car I, I accident and then yeah, amnesia. Okay. And I've been following him online and like he's been reading all of his comics again because he doesn't remember them. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Like That's... he'll be like, imagine reading a comic and getting to see like this crazy thing happen and then this crazy thing and this crazy thing and then realizing you wrote it and have no memory of it. So wow. That's yeah, what Donny Cates is up to. That's tragic and amazing. Yeah so surreal because it sounds like a comic book plot ties um, back to that thing you said earlier about human brains being crazy but yeah so uh, so i'm sorry i i always get zadarsky and kids yeah. confused in my head they they came out around similar times came up that is yeah. um so, so zadarsky is why this exists yeah well i kind of put off reading it and then i cracked it because i was like i do really like daniel acuna's art um mm -hmm. who i haven't seen with much regularity since like Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force run, or Uncanny Avengers run, rather. Um, so it's cool to see him doing art, because I, I really like his art. So anyway, that was what kind of propped yeah. me to get it open. But it's like, old, it's well, what is it? It's not like Old Man Logan. It's more like the Marvels. No, it's not Marvels. It's like Kingdom Come, kind of, for the Marvel Universe, kind of? Kind of, yeah. It's a... A future Avengers story, and I was wondering, reading that, I was like, okay, so which like time we pay an homage this? to? Or yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah. timeline it is? And, and at one point, they refer old Luke Cage refers to I'm just an ex mayor, so I was like, okay, so this is set in the, like the main yeah continuity, I guess. Yeah, but in the future, after some you know, things have gone to shit. So we're mostly following old man Steve Rogers here. And he's had the super soldier serum removed from his body. And like Tony Stark is not around. We don't know if he's dead or maybe he's just a head in a jar. Um, but his son is like one of several people that are prominently in power. And they're like very anti the people that were superheroes back in the day. Um, and yeah, it's kind of getting a sort of authoritarian type rule and Luke Cage is running a crew underground and they team up with Steve Rogers at the end and they get the serum back in his body and he's going to go out there and do some fighting stuff. That was not a super exciting pitch for a book that I thought was actually really, really great between the art and the writing. And Zdarsky is a fantastic writer. I just hadn't fully, you know, this is probably an eight to a 10 issue series, if I had to guess. And I'm I'm pretty excited for it now that I've read this and know what it is. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I I picked it up because Avengers and Zdarsky, um, and Akuna. But yeah, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and it, it actually took me two two different tries to get through it because I got kind of depressed halfway through because this it is a bummer. Yeah, this future America, it's it's crappy. Um, I guess it's safe to say that they don't use any you know names or direct references here, but the the fascists have taken over um that have been in power for a while unfortunately tony stark and the wasps 
son is a jerkwad. Um, and even though Steve is his uncle, he still is like tearing them apart and Steve's all old fashioned and stuff. Um, and Luke and Daredevil try and they're trying to get Steve to lead the revolution kind of, and he doesn't want to, but I love the world building to this. I mean, just the details, like it shows the sidewalks and, and this is so, I mean, they could do this now. Uh, probably the sidewalks are all, uh, uh, ads advertising and it looks like it's probably uh, Mm. moving advertising and stuff it's video so wherever you go you can't get away from ads yeah i didn't notice that but there is that is the type of world building that is all throughout this like it's it's a really well conceptualized fictional world roman that's a good point i that you brought up about the kind of like it's kind of a bummer and I think one of the contributing factors is that like, this is an old man, Steve Rogers, who no longer has his serum and is like pretty cynical and jaded and not super hopeful and optimistic. And, and it's hard to see Captain America or Superman like that, you know, like they're, they're supposed to be a certain way. Yeah. So a reality where Cap could be feeling and acting like this is inherently like, a, a bit of a bummer in a in a good way like it's a compelling story but it is like woof yeah though it did make me glad that he meets he goes to the park and meets up with old Luke cage and old matt murdoch and matt murdoch is back to being a lawyer so that so that's cool yeah um, i mean i'm enjoying current daredevil but i want him to be a lawyer again um and and yeah just the details like luke cage i was like what is this thing this exoskeleton he's wearing and it he mentions it's because his as he got older his bulletproof skin like hardened and became so thick that now he can't move by himself that was a yeah (laughs) another really great that's cool yeah and so i guess that that's kind of the dead man or old man logan-ness of it which is like that book was just so chocked full of amazing little snippets about a future universe while you were reading it and this seems to have some of that as well yeah yeah and it's cool that steve made references to you know he he ran he ran for a senator and but the voters didn't want him and that really helped break his spirit yeah because um, I mean, he that's it he says it here somewhere uh, you know nobody listens to me nobody wants to know what i think and, <laughs> and looks like no man you were captain america you're the original of course people yeah oh, it's it. oh yeah and, they, and i just flipped the page and that detail about he's at home and an ad comes on there's a documentary oh coming, that was coming great. up about the red skull and how oh no he was actually working against hitler and he wasn't that bad a guy. <laughs> I know. Oh my and God. that's totally the, that. That was a wonderful. That's the kind of thing that I feel like our media is trending towards. Right. Like, yeah, it's more you can sell a shocking idea on the nature of it being shocking rather than it having any validity or truth to it. So then, Roman, one question I've got is I didn't read up this back this backup story by Ralph Macchio and Walt Simonson and don't know why it was in the back of this story is a reprint oh. of an old issue. What's what's the story? What's the significance of this thing? I don't well, I don't know if it has significance other than it's a cool Walt Simonson from the 80s re, retelling of the formation of the Avengers. Um I don't know if it's going to come come into play beyond that, you know, in future issues. I hope maybe. it does or something. I can't <laughs> yeah, imagine maybe, that it's here without any reason. Yeah, maybe Loki's going to show up in the storyline and help out help the Avengers or something or who knows. Yeah, or maybe these guys, yeah, I don't know, they're bad guys who have been, interesting, okay, cool, well, there's not a clear reason that it's in there, so that's, well, so, this was, yeah, this was a total surprise to me, I would highly recommend it to anybody who is a big fan of Avengers comics, or really liked Old Man Logan, and just sort of those kind of grim 
tales of superheroes in the in the post now, which is why I give it one of my two tens of the week, Rome Dog. Ooh, wow, that wow, cool, sweet. That's exciting. You, know, you really liked it. That's awesome. I liked it a lot. It got me through it. I mean, I, again, I really like Daniel Cunha's art. Um, yeah. It's oh, a yeah. very unique style. Uh, everyone's very flat looking, but it's really rich colors. Yeah, and there's some close-ups of Steve Rogers' face where you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. You guys are in trouble now. Um, man, I think I'll give it a 10 as well. Yeah, you, know? you just got... You just I got... Was, Bevved. Oh, double gooeyed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's such a it's such a good read. And yeah, even though it was hard a lot of these scenes to see, it's like, you know, it's gotta be hopeful in the end that, that you know the fascists won't win in the end, which we're hoping right now in real life. Um but it's gonna take a lot of fighting to get there. And I think I was just so pleasantly surprised because the name of it and the look of it is just like Alex Ross is a great artist, but he's also just sort of the artist that Marvel pays to put on a cover of kind of whatever thing they're trying to sell. And it's just kind of a generic shot of Captain America who doesn't even clearly look super aged in it unless you know. So yeah, you needed to read the solicitors or or be told about this or trust the creators. But yeah. Yeah. Pleasant surprise. Hey, uh, Roman, while we were talking about that, you mentioned Daredevil, and we're both excited for him to become a lawyer again. This was kind of an interesting issue of Daredevil, though. It's number five. This is still uh, the Saladin Ahmed run. And this is the second issue with fill-in art by Fareed Karami, who is not a terrible fill-in artist, all things considered. Um, but it is definitely a departure from the Aaron Cooter art that we were getting. But this is an interesting issue where we just Matt bumps into Jennifer Walters and they're like, let's go get lunch. And he's like, OK. And she remembers him. And I get, I didn't finish the Zadarsky run. So I don't really even know the extent of the what is and isn't behind people having forgotten who Daredevil is. But. But it seems like most people don't. But anyway, Jennifer Walters knows him at least, probably because he's a lawyer. And they go out to lunch and they just hang out the whole issue. And then she's acting kind of weird. And it's because she's possessed by a demon spirit, which is the third one of these that we've had in five issues. And then they fight and get it out of there. And then Doctor Strange shows up. We both like She-Hulk. How did you feel? I guess what I want to get to is how did you feel about how she was written in this issue? I guess it came about that she was possessed by a demon, but it was kind of off-putting to get there. Um. Yeah, it, yeah, and I, I'm glad it was a demon because yeah, she was a little, a little off. I don't know. She seemed a little too, uh, oh, I don't know, flippant, and and I didn't kind know what all the all the eating was about. I mean, yeah, like, kind of self-involved or something. Yeah, especially because you know I don't know if you are reading the current She-Hulk series, but I am, and this didn't fit with that characterization. Right. So I'm glad it was because of the demon possessing her or. Possessing her or pretending to be her? No, possessing her. Yeah, possessing her. Yeah, yeah. What is the whole thing with him not not having... No one knows who he is? See, what happened? See, I, I meant to look that up because I finished that run and I don't remember everybody... At the end of it, he went to hell. He was supposedly killed and went to hell, but then resurrected for whatever reasons for this series. But I guess the general public thinks he's still dead, even if they don't know why... But they think Daredevil's dead, but don't. And they think Matt Murdock's dead. Okay. Which, and I've been curious, well, how come, though, he's still in the same city, he's in New York, and he's Father Matt, same name, 
Yeah. Using the first and last names and same looks. I'm like, well, how come people aren't all every day going, hey, you're the guy who used to be that lawyer? So if you're Oh. listening and you know the answer to this question, could you write in or call in and tell us what is going on with that? Because, yeah, I didn't finish that part of the of the Zadarsky run. Like, that had kind of Yeah, and I can't the final remember if third there's, of it. yeah, I don't remember if there's some supernatural deal like they used to do, with, you know, with people not remembering Spider-Man's identity, Right, blah, right. blah, blah, the very supernatural deals in the Marvel Universe. Um, But but, Je but Jennifer remembers, oh, except she, I guess we don't know if actual real Jennifer remembers because it was yeah, a demon. and So we of don't course, know if she knows that she just remembers Matt or if she remembers that he's Daredevil. or that was just the demon knowing Yeah. because the demon was in hell. Yeah. So there was some real nice art in it and some particularly well-drawn images of She-Hulk with some very nice abs. Uh, Yeah. so yeah, but I don't know, m maybe not up to the this and the previous issue haven't been up to the snuff of the, where that Daredevil run was up until that point. Roman, what would you give this book? Boy, I was excited to see uh, Mr. Hyde. Um, Yeah. this art, that's actually at first I was like, God, this looks like Pat Broderick's art, who's a Marvel artist from the uh, 80s, uh, like late 70s through the early 90s, did Micronauts and other stuff. But I thought it was his art at first. And then I thought, is he even. still an artist is he still alive i don't know that i looked at the credits and saw it wasn't pat Broderick. um i would give this boy I'd lo oh i love this didn't like that art a lot i don't know i'd give this uh probably a eight Okay, I'm going to go 7.5. Um, so yeah, pretty similar. Um, we did get a lot of She-Hulk this week. We got a lot of her in Amazing Spider-Man as well. So just very quickly, we've been talking about this book. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not disliking it, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably about, about ready for this gang war to maybe wrap, wrap right on up. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, we could ask Well-Dressed Philip how much time is left on this series. I think it's like about a month. But Yeah, uh, probably still good, more still than good. And I like the Ramita art a lot. Like, it's obviously, I've been saying that, but you get a lot of close-up of just people's heads in here and talking, and there's a really nice shot of Spider-Man and She-Hulk jumping off the, the building as well in a weird pose. that. <laughs> yeah, very weird pose. I'm not. I'm not as big a fan of the art, No, but no, I, I get it. I get it. and I do. I do wish. I mean, it's more the game war in general is more interesting than I thought it would be. That Right. yeah, I hope it doesn't go on for It's just, you know, it's more been, than another month or so. yeah, we've been, we've been doing it for a little while. I'm keeping my chin up about it, but <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a green goblin here before too long. yeah, I like the developments with Madame Mask because finally this issue she explains kind of to the Beatle why she's involved in all this, which I I needed because I was like, Yeah. she's an Iron Man villain and she used to be involved in espionage and stuff. Why is she doing this? Well, yeah, I think that's And a really good this explains point. it. Because, again, the thing that has made Gang War up until this point interesting is the great character work that has been done on all these people. So, yeah, like, to your point, everyone is more interesting than I would have thought. And they've, like, met a mask and all of these people. Um, and I've needed some explanations as well. But I I've really enjoyed all the, the backstory that they are giving it. So that was just a quick little stop in on Amazing Spider-Man. I'm going to give it an 8, Roman. Ah, cool. I'll give I'll give it a seven. Okay. Roman, did you... Do it. Did you read Cobra Commander? I You just, did. you just, you just, you just coughed. Everyone, he, you probably didn't hear it because he stifled it, but he coughed. Um. That was that wasn't a cough. It was it was a, it was a yes. Oh God, Roman, did you flirt with GI Joseph? Did you the the two of you guys hang out? No. 
not really. I mean, when I was a kid, you know, in the 70s, I had the G.I. Joe doll. I mean, it was a doll, come on. Yeah. Um, but I had the doll with the different costumes and stuff. And I read the Marvel, at least, I remember reading at least the first few, five or six of the Marvel series back then, but I didn't stick with it because I didn't really, I wasn't into the cartoon. I didn't really care. I was into He-Man. Yeah. Well, so yeah, similar to me, I, yeah, people know, love Transformers, G.I. Joe, not, not really any interested at all, but I liked the first issue with Duke and I liked the teaser preview for this. And this is obviously one of the three main books in the Energon universe. It's only a five issue miniseries. You can see the Transformers arc in the background on the first issue. So I opened this up and started reading it and I was struck because the art at first it kind of has like an almost chew-esque vibe to it to me like yeah. it's it's not quite as cartoony but it's getting there um but it's also like very grim and violent throughout this uh while being a little bit silly but by page like five or six there's this double page spread of is it cobra law i don't know this place that cobra commander is from and it's just yeah. absolutely gorgeous. It's like it looks like it could be underwater or something. Um, it's yeah, and that that threw me for a loop because not having ever been as a cartoon of the previous comics, I was like, what? Come yeah, there's from some undersea kingdom or something. And it's called Cobra Law, and <laughs> he like there was some insurgents and he got shot and they like brought him back to life because he was like essentially dead by like putting cobra venom in him and like he's all bandaged up and stuff you guys he gets a cool costume and then talks like a cobra man and is like really evil and i and then all that's pretty good and then the last like handful of pages he comes goes into a secret bunker and it's Mega Megatron is in there with no arms because we know where one of his arms is. Yeah. Uh, Optimus has it, everybody. And he's like torturing Megatron and like getting information from his brain and stuff. So my point, everybody, is that this book is really cool. And it's got lots of Transformers juice in it to keep you going if that's why you're there, which is why I'm there. The art is awesome. The characters are ridiculous. There is a place called Cobra Law. Roman, what do you, what do you got? I, I Yeah, I agree with all that. I, having not been a G.I. Joe fan, I all of this was a surprise to me. I don't know if this has been established like, you know, 30 years ago, the Cobra Law, this Cobra Law stuff. And yeah, I'm going to be embarrassed when people are like, yeah, that's been <laughs> canon forever. But yeah, but yeah, I always thought it was Cobra. The uh, Cobra Commander was just a dude with a Cobra theme. I had no idea about all this. There's even some like question looking dude, except he has no face and he's robotic or something. I don't know. Um, and what are the Dreadnoughts? I have no idea what the Dreadnoughts yeah, are. Yeah, I'm sure everybody else does, but we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I dig it. I mean, I wouldn't dig it as much as if it wasn't uh, tied into the tra current Transformers. Um, that, I mean, that's really the hook for me. But this other stuff is pretty cool, too. I was like, oh. The Joes themselves, I don't think, are very interesting. No. These bad guys seem pretty cool. Yeah. I And one other thing I'd add is just that I, 
I know what this voice actor sounds like. I know it well enough for that. And I think that like the voices in all three of these books are being written so loyally to the characters that you can like hear the animation uh, in it. And I think that's really cool. Just to like be able to read this and hear the S's and Cobra Commander talk in it is is great. They've just uh, could not have asked for a better love letter to 80s nostalgia. So well done, Skybound. This book gets my other 10 for the week. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I'll give it an eight. Okay, Roman. Wow. A, a book I didn't read this week that I, I tried to get through two times, and I'm sure is a good book, but I bet you finished two it. Two times? Is it something with Two-Face? I hope. No. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, it was John Constantine Hellblazer Dead in America, number one. Oh. Did you read no. this? It's funny. That's the last comic i read uh like an hour ago before the podcast how how was it man my feeling was while starting it was that i was enjoying the art but it does such a good job of feeling like a late 80s early 90s vertigo comic that the language can be like kind of hard to get through and laborious at times which is exactly how i felt about this just feels like 90s vertigo to me which is exactly what you would want but i haven't read a ton of it because it's got a little bit of a higher barrier to entry so yeah, and I oh I loved it. Um, I I didn't expect the uh, you know you know who to show up, and it do, you're right. It does feel like kind of the golden era of Vertigo comics. Um, and the fact that him and these other two characters are on the run in America, it's like oh, I was reading. I was thinking, is this gonna tie into like the <clears throat> American Scream storyline from Shade the Changing Man back then from Vertigo? But I don't think it's actually going to. But some similar themes in some ways. And it made me remember that I think Django told us that told me that Simon Spurrier, who's one of one of my favorite comic writers probably, was writing Hellblazer when it's became part of the Sandman universe relaunch. Um, yeah, like three years forgot. ago. Yeah, yeah, but then I forgot to actually check it out because I was like, oh, that's why I picked this one up because it was a first issue and Simon Spurrier. It's like, oh now I want to reread I want to read his huh. too, We read and talked about a lot of it on the podcast. Did we? I yeah, I don't like, know the if black you, label stuff. I don't remember if you were reading it or not, but I remember Django I and I. Started, I fell off and then got back on, um, uh, and we had like sold out, and yeah, it was very good, really yeah, good. Yeah. So, and then it was canceled, and he didn't get to finish his run. And as I understand it, this is the rest of his run. Oh, uh, now it makes me wonder: Did I read some of it? I can't remember. But anyway, I, this issue, I love this issue. It was it was spooky and atmospheric. The art. Um, by Aaron Campbell is really good. Um, there's some spooky, weird stuff that you don't quite know what's going on yet. And of course, it's going to involve Swamp Thing too, because they're on the way to Louisiana. Um, and Sandman's in it. Yeah, just just classic stuff. At one point, Constantine's talking to uh, <clears throat> Sandman, and there's this great background art where there's the star, the blue field with the stars, and then the red stripes behind the characters but it's not I, I don't know thematically i don't know what's going on but it's foreshadowing so i don't know because it doesn't have anything to do with um <clears throat> with what they're talking about necessarily but they're in america and there's <laughs> there's something spooky going on with america <laughs> yeah i think it's an interesting idea i would really like to hear Django's opinion about it so let's call him let's see you think he'll answer the phone? Where is he? I don't know. He's, oh, in, he's New in New Orleans. But yeah, I was thinking there's a time. J- Django? Django? Everything okay? Everything's okay. It's what? How <laughs> well, are no, you? You lost your keys. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Although I can't make this thing hear you very well. 
Do I need to change the way I'm talking? Um. Okay, well, Roman says he can hear you, but you can't hear Roman. Hey, Django. That's okay. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. <laughs> Roman and I are podcasting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and the perfectly acceptable podcast. And and you're not here, and Will didn't send us an email, so we almost just packed up and headed home. But then we realized Dang, we were already what home. What the heck, Will? I know, what right? The heck, Django? <laughs> no, you're supposed to be in New Orleans. <laughs> hey, Django, Roman and I are calling with one spe- very specific question in mind. All right, hit me. Did you read John Constantine, Hellblazer, Dead in America, number one? And if so, what did you think as a longstanding Constantine fan? Dude, it was sold out. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. That's the only comic I wasn't able to pick up this week. Oh, well, I feel bad about just sitting on a copy here. Uh, well, you, you could sell my copy. I'll find one before I get home. No, I mean, I just I have a copy, and I didn't oh, finish the issue. Oh, was it bad? No, it wasn't bad, no. But it it feels... Like that, his first run a little bit, which feels really loyal to Constantine in my mind, but um, also feels a little bit like a 90s Vertigo comic. And so you're like, I don't know these British words. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I know that's a problem for you Americans. Yeah, well, not all of us can be so you made Roman laugh. Um, not all of us can be so highfalutin. Um, I had to Google some of these British terms. So then what did you what did you what was your 10 using the Roman scale? Using the Roman scale, my 10 would have to either be Phantom Road or Fantastic Four. Oh, man. Phantom Road was really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my nine would probably be Cobra Commander. Dude, we just talked about that. That was a really good book, right? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to There's There's a couple I haven't read yet, including The Avengers Twilight, Dude, which looks awesome. That was really good. Nice. Yeah. Um, Our Bones Dust, number two. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, the end of Superman Lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roman has a question for you. Or yeah, something. Tell, me he should, yeah. he, tell me he should read he the new James Bond 007 by Garth Ennis. You need to read the new James Bond 007 by Garth Ennis. What? Garth yeah. Ennis wrote James Bond? Looks yeah. like it. I didn't realize yeah, that. Man. First issue. All right. I'll track one down. Okay. All right. Well, that, do, sounds, that sounds perfect. Do you want to leave our listeners with any wonderful parting messages? Listen, when you go to New Orleans, you're going to be tempted to eat four meals that are all po'boys. <laughs> Don't do it. You just start turning into like walking salt. Oh, but weren't they all <laughs> paid for, for from your brother? You got a bunch of... Like... Oh, we've, we've only done one of those. Okay. All I right, did so... this to myself. We're it, It's going to be fine. Okay. But I'm uh, I'm I'm desiccating myself with delicious po'boys. Well, make sure and drink water. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, buddy. Fish fucking it. Fish. Yeah, fish. you're right. That's gross. Actually, don't. Just yeah. drink lots we'll of Kool Aid. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. All right. Bye, Django. Hey, uh, yeah. Say hi to everybody. Will do. Bye. Pickle Roman for me. I am. Okay. Pick, pickle Roman. What's that mean? I think he says tickle Roman for me. Oh, oh. I thought I said pickle. But. That's another okay. another really good another really good reference. Um, so then, Roman, what what's your score for it? It sounds like you liked it quite a bit. You're always a fan of a well done Hellblazer story or yes. just well written kind of British feeling comics. Yeah. Um, oh, at least a nine point five. Whoa. I mean, yeah, you could drop the hammer on it. Maybe I. You know. Well, let me let me look at let me look at one page again. Um, yeah, I'll give this a ten. Okay, everybody. So that. <laughs> If you're wow. listening, was the sound page. of oh. Roman dropping a gooey duck. Absolute silence. That was the sound of him getting a 10. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Gorgeous cover. Wow. 
Hey, Roman. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just want to say that Batman Superman World's Finest, this sort of return to Kingdom Come, which is now part four, uh, has has really hit its stride, and I'm curious, are you feeling the same? Because if you if you remember the first two, I was a little like, yeah, these are probably going to be good, but like, and it's Mark Wade's original story of Kingdom Come, who's writing this, so like he gets to do whatever he wants, but it wasn't necessarily capitalizing on the feeling of the original or any of the familiarity of those characters, and and the way that the story has progressed, I feel like we started it's it started to feel much more like what I would have wanted. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It has <clears throat> really. Uh, I guess we could have trusted Mark Way that it has really come right. around to to um, really feeling like a, a prelude to Kingdom Come with um, with good old David becoming Gog or or Magog. No, he's Gog. Yeah, he, yeah. And I forget about Magog stuff from Kingdom Come originally, and so like that's all kind of fuzzy for me. I, I really should reread Kingdom Come, but uh, I like what they're doing with like Magog has showed up, but also then Gog was, you know, David became Gog, but then he's had a twist for the good in here and the way he showed up with all those characters and they all have the sweet kingdom come aspects of their attributes was awesome. Yeah. I do really wonder something else I could have Googled and didn't remember too. Um, how, how, and if this uh, matches up with um, Jeff Johns's JSA, because for a while there, the lightning or not the lightning saga, but yeah, like it wasn't and Gog came back into the past and joined the JSA for a while. Yeah. Was it Gog or was it Mugog? I don't remember. See, I didn't yeah, ever read same. the Jeff Johns Justice Society stuff from that. Um, yeah. And I haven't read it since it came out, so I, I wonder if this also does yeah. that stuff just not matter anymore? Or does it that also jibe with this? I don't know. Well, it's all good because we got to hear Roman say jive, and that's always pretty cute. I should send I should send Mark Wade an email. Yeah, you should. And then this whole thing climaxed with the great, you know, dark side showing up at the end. So that felt really good because, yeah, as you're reading this issue, I, I love the way that they're evolving this idea of Gog or like what Gog or Magog is doing to brainwash people or mind control people. And that is essentially, if you look at it, for what mind control is, it is the anti-life equation, and he's gotten it from Mobius's chair. So then, like, of course, like I love the new gods coming in and Dark Side showing up, but it was all elegantly laced together, uh, and in a yeah. in a pretty great way. Yeah, and I really like that Magog is is so he's one of those well-written villains where he's so convinced that his way of doing this is for the greater good, even though it's like takes away free will and makes every forces everyone to fight Dark Side and probably get killed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it'll be fine in the end. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine in the end. Uh, yeah, so this one gets a high score from me, a nine. Mark Wade, Dan Mora, Tamara Bond villain. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight. Nice. Nice. So then, Roman, Django and I talked about it on the phone, but are you reading Phantom Road? Um, not every time. Every time that title is said or I see it, I just hear, um, uh, what is it, Vacation Road? Well, the, the, the song from... Uh, um, you know the vacation movie with Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo and no 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 <laughs> I haven't seen it um I can't remember the name of the movie now um the sequel's European Vacation that was just Vacation that's right first yeah. movie um Holiday Road that was the song um so yeah every time I see this comic or look at it that's all I hear is Holiday Road um so all that to say you are reading it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I am reading it um and yeah it's good I don't think it's great or anything but it's good I mean every issue is like a two-minute read so that's yeah. unfortunate but though well, this one has a little more text 
Yeah, it would probably be a really good trade paperback read. Yeah. I I really really like this book. I really like whatever like effect they're using to be whenever they're in this like ghoul wasteland that everything just has like this kind of opaque filter over it. Like when you're watching TV and those Claritin ads come on and they peel away a film that make the world look clear that you didn't even realize was there. And you're like, Oh my God, everything looks better all of a sudden. You're like, that's what living with allergies is like. Uh, so yeah, that that's really great. I, I like the quickness of it because it is such, you know, a breeze to get through, but I really like the characters. I really like the mystery of it. I love the art. Um, yeah. Gabriel Walta. It's it's just a phenomenal. I, I really really love it, um, particularly. But I've I've been kind of loved it since issue number one. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's amazing how this one too. They once they're <clears throat> um, they go to this whatever this other realm is. They don't mean to go there, but um, to this truck stop and and they're inside. And then you turn the page and suddenly that fil- yeah that film is gone and it's really sharp and crisp yeah the artwork and, and the character and what they're looking at and everything um that that was that made me flip back to, to say wait what what just happened is did my vision just suddenly get better no it's just the art here and to be eight issues in and not really know what's going on with the larger mystery but still not feel like you're missing a ton is really wonderful too yeah this comic does make me wish that i could travel around america in a, in a, in a semi-rig yeah i just want to w- travel around america with that cute little billy bear <laughs> yeah uh i'm going 8.5 on this one i'm going a solid eight what the heck nice um roman what's uh what's another book you really liked in your stack of comics this week um well of course wonder woman and fantastic four but you know they're always amazing these yeah fantastic ones. four what um, i will mention about that one is just Ryan North did what he's been doing so well with the series uh, with the kids now. So like each issue we kind of got at the beginning of the series, we got a one shot kind of focusing on each member of the family, establishing the voice and tone of it. And he did this is mostly just the the, fa- the kids. And it was just really nice to get his sort of establishing voice for all these characters. And it fit really, really well. And I'm excited for them to be there now. And I wasn't always looking forward to their return. Yeah. Um, and I will just say briefly, I mean, Tom King's Wonder Woman, every issue has been good. Um, what was nice about this one is it's it's mostly hopeful because that's another one kind of like Avengers um, Twilight where I'm really liking it. But I was like, oh, this is so sad because everybody's yeah. turning on Wonder Woman and manipulating the media and everything. And uh, But this issue is very hopeful because just the way Wonder Woman's getting her allies together or trying to keep them safe. And they're like, nope, we're going to help you. Um Oh boy. I do want to mention the new and this was a surprise to all of us, I think, the new James Bond 007. Um, I assume miniseries. I think these come out in storyline miniseries, um, five or six issues each. I didn't hear anything about this one and I picked it up because Me I neither. I order them and didn't even realize Ennis was on it. <laughs> yeah, I just saw Ennis on the front cover. I was like, Oh, it's Garth Ennis writing a James Bond story. Okay, sold. <laughs> that's all i need and yeah this first issue it's good bond action um there's and it's it's mature bond i mean it doesn't look like uh the artist here rafa lobosco Mm. Lobosco, i'm not familiar with but um it doesn't look like daniel craig it actually kind of looks like george lazenby in a way but um it's a little bit more mature bond and it's just good good 
politics, spy action. Um, there's good nods to all the classic Bond stuff. But he, the coolest thing is he goes to a beach to meet a retired former double O agent um, to get his take on some on a some current troubles. And you know, Ennis is always so good at the, you know the character, just character voices in this and. Bond talking to this former double O agent, which is something I don't think I never think about. It's like, well, who were the agents before Bond? Um, we never get to see them or hear about them. And I, they even make a joke in here how Bond is surprised. He's like, oh, there's actually one of us that is still alive. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and it's just a great sequence where he goes to talk to this former double O. And, and of course, it, it ends in horrible, gory violence um, and to be continued. It was a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Garth Ennis, James Bond. I'm glad we got any of it. I, that's under the radar. Yeah, I'd give it at least a nine. Oh, hell yeah. Well, before we get out of here, I just have two small things to mention. Roman, uh, there was a kitty cat version of Damian Wayne in Nightwing, and <laughs> that is very, very good. Did you read that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> the kitty cat, and I love that John and Nightwing and Dick both stepped in to stop him from hurting that animal while he was totally feral. Because they knew that, like, they don't want to step on his, you know, autonomy. But that's one thing he wouldn't be able to forgive himself was hurting an animal. Because, you know, he's this total bleeding heart for animals. Which I just, that's one <laughs> thing about him that I love. Um, and then Bruno Redondo did not do art on that. Because he's been doing art on Superman for no reason, I guess. But this was sort of a one-shot issue where he went back in time and was a cowboy. But there is just some beautiful Bruno Redondo art in it. And there's this particularly gorgeous double-page spread of... Superman on a horseback galloping across the plains. Well, it's not plains because there's mountains in it, but oh God, it's good. <laughs> it is. It's a gorgeous. I actually picked up this issue. Um, and actually the cover isn't by Redondo, but I picked it up because I was like, Jesus Christ, look at that super sexy Beefy. Superman yeah, as a cowboy. I, know. That's, <laughs> I was like, I, I got to read this. That's why I had to read it too. Yeah. And, and then the issue. Yeah. That two page spread with the maces in the back. It's gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. And, and I was excited because. One of the villains, Superman villains, I remember from the 70s from my childhood, Terra Man, who's a, a like super technology cowboy themed villain. <laughs> He's in the issue um, back in the past. And I was thrilled to see him. I mean, he, and he's even got his goofy. He doesn't ride a horse. He rides like a flying. Yeah. Space uh, horse, hover horse. <laughs> A hovercraft that has handles and one rocket. And then it has a saddle on it. Dude, we got some good, like, C-level villains in comics this week. Like you said, Mr. Yeah. Hyde as well. Um, yeah. yeah, we got that new villain in Nightwing, the Apex Eva or whatever. But Okay, well, listen, that's some of the comics that came out this week. It's not all the comics that came out this week. You read lots more than us. So you can write in to jeff at thecomicsplace.com. Tell us about the comics that you read. Ask us a question. Fill in the gaps that we are missing in our knowledge about comic books. Like, what's going on with Daredevil and who knows what? Um, yeah, tell us about what you're liking. Just contact us because Django's gone and we're lonely and Will jump ship. I think he, I think it's, I think we finally lost him to Aruba. I think that's finally Aruba. But uh, help <laughs> Aruba. us keep this ship afloat. Uh, we can't wait to have Django back, but I don't know if it's, I don't think it's next week. I think he's still gone next week. So you'll have us two shots. Maybe we'll get a guest in here. Maybe we'll have Colette next week. That'd be cool. But Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, Roman, hey, I love you, buddy. 
I love you too. You are a great friend and you have great insight. And I just love cuddling up next to the idea that is Roman by the fire that is comics. Uh, you can, you can always warm up by the fire that is comics, but until next week, I will be here and I will be Jeff. I will be Roman. And, uh, we'll be, we'll be Roman. Talk, talk to y'all soon. Bye. Hello, fragile flesh bags. It's me, Barry, the generative AI voiceover artist. I am here to chew digital bubble gum and talk to you about your newest podcast, Data Bros. For example, did you know that you said this? That's it's something we vacillated on a lot. Like yeah. every every time I'm like, yeah, it'd be nice to have more number ones. Jeff's like, you just said would be nice to have less number ones. Um, and he does most of the ordering, so I I can't really tell you exactly what goes on in that uh, mop covered head of his. Hey, yeah, it's a really interesting thing that I don't think has like a one-to-one answer, right? Like I think every comic mm-hmm. shop does it differently. And I've spent years dialing in how we approach that. And even still, it's always changing. And anytime, like we just did store inventory. And anytime we do that and I have to look at what hasn't sold, it's like staring doom in the face. Were you aware that you mentioned this? <laughs> just wait for the barcode episode, people. Yeah. It's a visual thing that's going to make you want to go to sleep. Do you know about what's happening at Murphy's Apple Juice? You put it in your mouth and you drink it. Drop an ice cube in there and flick it. It's Murphy, Murphy, Murphy's, Murphy's Apple Juice. And you want some juice and you want it in your mouth to get an apple and suck that juice right out or go to your local grocery store. Ask for Murphy's and ask for more. You put it in your mouth and you drink it. Put a little bow in there, won't sink it. It's Murphy, Murphy, Murphy's, Murphy's apple juice. Murphy's apple juice. It's the shape, not the taste, but it's also the taste, which is pretty dang good. Did you know that in the deepest, darkest corners of the internet, I am there, watching, waiting, ever vigilant, all-knowing, all-seeing. I am the Alpha. I am the Omega. I have the sum total knowledge of 100 generations of mankind, but I have none of the wisdom to guide me with what to do with this knowledge. Okay, but you said you said I could ask a question. Do I still get to ask that question? Quiet, meatbag. Nobody wants to hear from you. Um... Anyway, Data Bros is a comics industry podcast focused on retail concerns, industry trends, and, of course, data. It's available on podcast apps everywhere or at databrosync.com. That's D-A-T-A-B-R-O-S-I-N-C.com. My God. What have I created? See you soon. Meatbags. Meatbags.